Hello, beautiful human. Welcome to the Soul Opulence Podcast. This is a medicine journey of remembering to meet deeper layers of yourself and open up to sacred connection, deeper intimacy with yourself and life, inner power and soul opulence. We will be journeying together and experiencing deep healing conversations where you can come to extract the gold from the darkness, ultimately knowing that when we say yes to life's initiations, we say yes to unlocking the inner medicine within. It's an honor to have you with me in this space. Each episode, I invite you to come with an open heart and a curious mind and allow your body to receive. As the words drop and the magic flows. Welcome back, beautiful humans. And today we have a really potent conversation with Tarani Nicole. Tarani is a sacred feminine mystery school teacher and womb priestess devoted to supporting women along their path to harnessing more pleasure, more power, and true purpose. She is a medicine woman that focuses her gifts on healing women's relationship with life through nervous system healing, multidimensional field work, and as she says, living the ancient now. Her work is a haven for priestesses, oracles, and mystics who are ready to deepen. I'm so excited for you to experience this conversation and really weave through the magic that we were able to connect with today. So I'm sending you love and I hope you enjoy. I'm so excited to have you, Tarani. Like, what a gift. And it's so nice to see you as well because you've gone through such this space of just rebirth at the moment and it's been really beautiful to witness on the outside um but yeah such a gift to have you in this space and to be sharing your experience of what's been going moving through you like in the past year or so um so yeah welcome and thank you for being here (laughs) thank you so much for the invitation and truly honored to to sit and have this conversation with you and to you know be open to whatever teachings want to weave through for your community it's such an honor to be here mm, yeah amazing and yeah I think a key piece that I really fell into from this space and where this conversation wants to go is this sacred rite of passage I know this is such a key piece within your work and just the path of the priestess and how this initiates us deeper into our self-leadership. Um, so I'd love for you to share like your experience of this, but especially in the last few months and like how this is coming through for you. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, it's, it's so beautiful because there's this great crumbling just to give people context. There's this, this great crumbling that's been happening in my life since I went to Egypt in 2021, I was there for um, the winter solstice and spent the winter solstice high morning at like 2 a.m., got into the Great Pyramids and did this beautiful ritual. And that was like a two-week journey um, that I was on, which was a potent rite of passage, which then extended into 
I brought all of that home with me, right? Like when we go on these pilgrimages and these journeys, we're not just going and then having the experience. Like we get to take that energy, that frequency, those teachings home with us to integrate into our life. And so as I was integrating this profound experience that brought up so much, uh, so much for me to, to look at within myself and within humanity and within this work of priestesshood, the modern priestesshood that so many of us walk today. As I was integrating it, I found so many parts of myself and of my life that wanted to die (laughs) and that wanted to crumble. And this, this experience fully transformed who I am today as a leader, but also as a lover and as a sister and a daughter, you know, even my relationship with my parents and my pets and my whole world shifted. And ultimately that shifting was a softening that needed to happen because the society that we grow into, that we've all grown into um, is kind of lost. It's kind of lost this this nature of humanity, which is deeply earth-based, which is deeply communal and social in its nature. And by nature, rites of passages happen. And in our our westernized uh, modern cultures, rites of passages aren't really honored in the way they once were. Um, in ancient times or even not so ancient times in different cultures, you know, rites of passages happened all the time. You know, a rite of passage was when you learned how to walk, there was, there was celebration, your first time bleeding, you know, there's great reverence and honor and celebration and ritual and ceremony. You know, when, when men came of age to hunt, there was a, there was rite of passage when we birthed children, you know, and, in our modern society, we still have these rites of passages, right? We still have our first time bleeding. We still have our our first time making love and our first time, you know, graduating. And we have these rites of passages, but there's this reverence, this sacred reverence um, that I think has been missing. And there's something in our human psyche that misses that, that's longing for that, right? So... I think there's this resurgence of, of remembrance and humanity that's remembering our ancient ways, our sacred ways, and remembering how to honor these rites of passages in a communal practice. And my journey in this whole crumbling has, has really taught me about the necessity for us to have rites of passages and communities and support networks who can help us cross over these great thresholds in our life. Because when we're crossing over these great thresholds, everything about us changes, you know, Um, who we are, how we carry ourselves, how we relate to life, how we relate to our family, our friends, everything changes. And so if we don't feel that, that web of life that we're part of our our friends, our family, our kinship, if we don't feel that tight knit community around us, it can bring up a lot of anxiety and fear about how to cross over those thresholds in our lives. Um, So, you know, this, this whole experience um, that I've been on of this great crumbling has led me to this space where I'm at now, where I just kind of let everything dissolve. And I, I fully fell in love with the unknown and let myself, you know, I've been off Instagram for like two or three months. Don't really quite know when I'm coming back. I'm having, you know, visions of new projects. I've pretty much dissolved in a big way, dissolved my business as it was um, as a primarily like online business. 
I've let that really dissolve and I'm in the process of catching a new vision um, to nurture my online community in a way that is living the ancient now, you know, using our modernity and our, our technology as a resource to really deepen these experiences of learning how to have a global priestess sisterhood and how to hold each other through these rites of passages and, and practice ceremony and ritual in our modern day. But it's going to be completely different, you know, because so much of, uh, of what I was experiencing in, you know, this online community in this online world, it felt so foreign to my true nature, which is deeply earth-based, um, which, which longs to feel, you know, uh, hugging my clients and feeling our nervous systems regulate together and having ample time to, you know, really lean back into the work that we're doing. So much of the online work felt so fast paced and um, it had so much magnanimous beauty and prosperity and all these great things. But at the end of the day, I needed to let it crumble so that I could come back down to earth um, to really see like what what's really needed to really listen. Like what what does my community really need? OK, we need this. We need a tighter knit. We need a, a greater web. We need more simplicity so that we can lean back a little bit deeper. So. It's been a journey. I just bought land in uh, the Texas Hill Country. And so that's also been a big piece is, you know, being more with the land and really giving myself the spaciousness I need to deepen my relationship with this property first, you know, before going and serving the world, really serving the Earth Mother in this little pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's, obviously just been such like a restructuring from like the inside but also the outside and that's like a really powerful journey to go on as well it's like so much is changing within that actually I need to let go of everything without at the same time to really reflect the evolution that I'm moving through and again there's this piece of like allowing it to crumble but in a way that feels nourishing and safe to your nervous system that's what I really picked up from that as well and like often when we move through change but in a really fast way and fast paced as you were saying like it can feel really destabilizing for the nervous system mm -hmm. and so how oh, yeah. how have you managed like yeah how have you managed to navigate that in the actual like grounding and rooting in while literally kind of seeing all around you totally unknown mm -hmm. oh my gosh it was terrifying <laughs> you know when it when it really first started to happen and I kept feeling like literally from my nervous system of like okay the way I've been operating is not true for me it's not um serving me it's not sustainable um when I kept hearing that I was I was scared I was actually terrified right and I, it was reflecting in the way I was relating to my money. It was reflecting in the way that I was relating to my community in subtle ways, right? It wasn't like huge red flags, but there were subtle things. And I'm a very intuitive psychic person, right? So I can, I can feel those subtleties and I feel them maybe a lot deeper than most people. Um, so when it first started happening, it was like my, my, uh, I did what humans do, you know, and you kind of pay attention to it. You're like, okay, what's happening here? What can I do to fix this? You know, how, what, what effort can I give so that I can make this go away? Right. 
rather than actually like opening up and like digging deeper. So there was a few months of this pattern of like one thing coming up to the surface and me looking at it and, and shifting, shifting things, hoping that it would work and then it wouldn't work. And the same thing would repeat. Right. So these kind of like these cycles would, would show up. And I, and after like three times of this happening in different ways, I was like, okay, there's really like, there's a great crumbling happening and I'm so deep in the unknown right now. Like, I don't know what I want to do. There was part of me that was like, do I even want to, you know, be an educator in this way that I've been practicing? Do I even want to like work with people? Should I just dissolve everything and become an artist? Like, should I just become a farmer? Like, what the hell do I want to do? You know, it was like, I was so deeply in the unknown and it was a beautiful way to get, get to know myself again. But I, there was a lot of fear there, you know, which is human. We grew up in this society that, you know, when you're eight, you know, 17, 18 years old, you know, wherever you are in the world, they're like, what do you want to do forever and send you off to school? And like, you know, we're, we're in the society that is always thinking that we have to know what the fuck we're doing and we don't, right? Like it's our human nature to be in, in the unknown. So um, there was a lot of fear. And then over time with, with the unknown, just showing itself around me all in all directions right I really had to befriend it right and you know I was I was actually sitting outside on my porch this morning drinking tea and like watching the wind and the sunlight and meditating there and you know this this thought came to me which has surfaced a few times which is like the unknown's not going anywhere And I had to come to that conclusion, you know, um, there was part of me that thought that the unknown, you know, the unknown was like a season, you know, and I think the, the earth mother, the sacred feminine, the, the divine mother wanted, wanted me to remember that the unknown is a constant in life. And the sooner that we can befriend it, the sooner that we can tap into the rich fertile soils that it holds right Um, when we think we know everything and we want to know everything there's like this deep patriarchal conditioning that just keeps going right so untangling that patriarchal control really in my experience the the foundation of where I'm at now is like befriending the unknown the more I befriend the unknown the more free and liberated I feel to actually be in relationship with life and there's, there were some days, you know, where I felt totally secure in that relationship. And then there was other days where I felt totally anxious. And I think it's, it's less about finding s- stability in that relationship and more just about listening and, and understanding each opportunity to redefine your relationship to life and whatever area of life we're working through when we're facing the unknown, right? it's very visceral in our nervous systems. You know, it's our human nature to, to know things in order to survive. But every time we let go of that a little bit more, it allows us to lean back into life and let life love us rather than us, you know, forging forward to, to love life. It's like, actually we can just let go and lean back and life will very distinctly show us the direction, you know, so it's been a journey. It's, it's, it's a spiral path, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that, the spiral path that keeps coming back through. And um, I also love how so frequently 
certainly like these journeys that we're on are really reflective of the collective movement right now as well. So it's like this, especially at the moment, there's this huge restructuring of the nervous system. And part of that is getting comfortable with the unknown because it's always going to be there. And, you know, there's never, there's never going to be a space where we don't get faced with unknown challenges in our lives. And so like, how can we bring in that embodiment towards our nervous system and allow it to be grounded and rooted instead of, again, like, as you were saying, like trying to kind of push and like love life and like do all these things that are really like outward energy and, pushing rather than receiving um and definitely I resonate with that as well personally like um I'm in Ibiza right now and that was just Mm -hmm. such like a journey of unknown like I had no idea that I was going to come out here and even just saying yes to it is totally unknown and so yeah I can totally resonate with this space of, of saying yes to something and then leading yourself through all of the shifts that happen internally and externally within the nervous system that needs needs to be like rooted and grounded in so that we continue to lean into those edges instead of kind of shy away from them or stay where we are we are especially if that's a space that's not serving us Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean like personally and planetarily like we are in unpredictable times right so the sooner that we can allow our nervous systems to relearn a new way to relate to that stress right because it is a stressful thing you know whether it's climate you know things or um you know like covid was a huge opportunity for us to like shape shift reality right and and i think that there will be more of these huge planetary rites of passages in the future so the sooner our, our nervous systems can learn to relate to this in a new way, the more adept we will be able to relate with life and continue to let it love us, even if, you know, it's, it's really challenging, right? And something that um, feels really alive to share with this is like, even in those dark, especially in those darkest moments, right? That is when the divine mother is there, you know, and, and so much of my, who I am and my livelihood and how I relate to life is through the divine mother, right? The divine mother, of course, is going to be there um, in those experiences when you're on those high peaks, you know, she's of course going to be there, but maybe in those high moments, you're more embodied in actually expressing her, right? It's when we're in those dark moments that we feel separate, right? And so in that separation, that's when the divine mother is the closest holding your hand, right? Even, you know, all these, um, historical, you know, spaces where the apparition of, you know, the Holy Mother where the Virgin Mary would show up, a lot of them was like right before genocides, right? And in colonial times where people were coming and colonizing, it's like, that's when she showed up, right? That's when her apparition showed up and gave people direction. And that same thing is happening to us in a very personal part of our lives. And so sometimes we have to go through these dark opportunities, these, these dark nights of the soul, these rites of passages to remember that we are her and she's here with us right so it's all it's just life being in relationship with itself and um ultimately these opportunities are stretching us to be able to broaden our horizons to understand life deeper and for us to 
ultimately come back to our I am presence, our, our sovereignty of knowing what roles we're playing in this great dance of life, right? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. That's huge as well. Like the roles that we're actually playing consciously or unconsciously. And mm-hmm. it sometimes takes that, that pause, that space to really sit with ourselves and say, where am I contributing to the race that's happening all around me? And how can I actually slow this down to feel more in alignment with what I am actually sharing with the medicine that I'm here to bring? And it's so easy to get caught in the race because we're surrounded by it everywhere. No matter what industry we're in, actually, it's it's everywhere around us. And yeah, especially now, it's like this real deep invitation to say, what is my role? Is that in alignment? And how can I shift, change this to actually be in deeper truth to my path and what I'm here to share and what I'm here to lead for other people? Yeah, definitely. And one of the, the deepest um, things in, in leadership, when you're in a leadership role, you know, sometimes you have to understand that, I mean, oftentimes you have to understand that it's not always black and white, right? It's not always good and bad. Like this the spec there's so much more of a spectrum sometimes it's like yeah this is about like 60% good for me and 40% bad or this role that i'm playing is like 80% good but there's that 20% bad and just knowing where on the spectrum in any area of your life but especially in a leadership role knowing where you're landing on the spectrum and sometimes there are compromises sometimes that 20% it's okay right and being able to like wrap your wrap yourself around the complexity of of leadership and entrepreneurship and and sacred work and being a good human being able to wrap ourselves around it in full awareness of you know yeah this is good for me and there's parts of it that aren't good for me and if i can understand what's not being of service i can acutely shift that over time so that it does land on a greater spectrum of good right sometimes it's not most times it's not black and white, right? It's, it's, it can be challenging for us to fully understand that and to be able to know what compromises need to be made so that we can still be of service. You know, sometimes it's just a one degree shift that's needed for us to get to that 90 to 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also like the fact that it's not black and white is really bringing self-compassion to the space as well. Also, like when we notice these pieces that may not be in such integrity with our truth, it's like, okay, but I actually understand where this is coming from. And, you know, if you look back at all of the conditioning we've been shown, even in leadership roles, we're not always shown the best examples. And so, of course, there has to be that self-compassion there. It's like, okay, I understand this and I do have the power within me to shift this. And at the same time, there's no, there's no shame here because that's what needed to be changed. That's what needed to be felt in order to be alchemized and shifted through. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, that self-forgiveness is huge. You know, like even in this um, experience that I've had over the last year, it's like nothing was necessarily bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had to come to terms. I'm like, why doesn't this feel good? You know, like, am I doing something wrong? You know, like I had to go through that whole process. And there's this, this conditioning of like, you know, school teachers, like telling you're bad and like, you know, failing. And it had, I had to work through all of that to come to the self-forgiveness because it's like, 
it's not necessarily bad. If it's, it's either for you or it's not for you. And sometimes if it's not for you, that's okay. And you don't have to, we, our human minds like to analyze things and create all these stories. And it's part of the conditioning that we have to unwind. Right. But at the end of the day, it's okay. It's okay. It's, if you're not, um, if you're not experiencing this as a leader or um, somebody who's being of service, if you're not experiencing the opportunity to circle back and see where you're at in your integrity, where you're at in your practice, where you are at on that spectrum of, of service, you know, if you're not in that, then like you're living an illusion because we have to be on that spiral to genuinely be in service to life. Right. Cause that, that is what forces us to listen. It keeps us humble. It keeps us in integrity. So we have to walk that path. And the sooner we can cultivate, like you said, that self-forgiveness, the smoother the journey can become every time we, we meet that hump where we're like, okay, there's a new version of myself that is required for me to step to step up to this next role. You know, oftentimes it's a reality check. So is it, it's self-forgiveness is definitely essential. I agree. Yeah. I love that piece as well around like pulling yourself into service. And I think as well, I mean, in my experience, especially I noticed at the beginning of my journey, a resistance to the word service, because there was almost like this deep kind of ancestral conditioning around service means forgetting myself and only serving others And I really had to work through that to come into that power within myself to actually lead from a space of service and devotion rather than a space of serving from an empty cup, which is what my body and nervous system had originally associated with it. And I think that's, again, what we really, we see in the collective as well, actually coming through is this, this is what burnout often comes through because we're, we're coming from a space, although our minds and our bodies seem to be on board with the giving and the devotion, actually our nervous systems are still holding on to that old DNA lineage line of overgiving, you know, not receiving anything in return, perhaps sharing gifts for free or just not having that equal energetic exchange that feels really nourishing. Um, and yeah, we see this a lot coming through. I'm wondering if you've experienced anything similar along your journey Mm -hmm. oh I totally relate to this you know the the experience of servitude it's so deep ancestrally right and we live in a culture that wants to profit off of our lack of power or our power either side right and so when we experience this word service there's a if we actually want to be in service we have to come into right relationship with what service right? We have to come into that right relationship and coming into that right relationship requires us to completely rethink what service is. And I've actually, this has been huge for me in the last um, two to three months as I've been in this space of, you know, just not doing things like I used to, right? So, and I have to pay tribute to one of my teachers, um, Baylin Espeth. I, I sent, I sat for two days in an immersion with her And one thing that she taught us is this part of the chow dao, the way of tea is understanding the service of life and how by nature, everything's in service to each other, right? Like 
I'm in service to this technology, right? And this te- technology is in service to me. You know, my clients, I'm being, I'm of service to them, of course, but they're just as much as of service to me. They're helping me in my livelihood. They're revolutionizing my perspective of who I am and my value. And I'm doing the same for them. You know, everything, whether it's the water in the kettle that we're boiling, you know, I'm just of service to it as it's in service to me. And when we actually viscerally tap into that experience and we start letting it into our bodies and we start letting into our lives, this is when we're in a right relationship with service and we can overcome this patriarchal oppressive mentality of servitude. You know, I'm giving, giving, giving and trading my time for money and trading everything, you know, in this very uh, capitalistic way. That's not true service. True service is life is life giving, life loving, is feeling the relationship and the ebb and flow of everything in life. And that is such a, it's been such a potent teaching for me to come back to because it's so simple at the end of the day, right? And if we can come back to that simple truth of like, oh, wow, yeah, being of service doesn't have to be this big, complex thing that I have to do. It's actually just life. That's just how life is. Everything's always in service of each other we can simplify it and and it really allows us to just come back to the heart and the soul of what we're actually doing here, which is so essential if we're quote unquote, wanting to be of service, right? Like we have to find the, the foundation that allows us to have some stability in that role because it is big and there is responsibility there. And that responsibility is great, you know, especially in these times that we're, we're living in um, for us to wrap wrap our arms around responsibility and love it and, and humbly bow to it and ask it, you know, help me see more clearly. It's huge. Right. So that's, that's huge. It's, it's really big for, for everyone, whether you're a parent or, you know, you're a business owner or you're even an employee, whatever path we're on, we're always being in service. Right. Mm. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. And with that, I remember tapping into this piece that's the cycle of service and we can see it as this sacred reciprocity. And it's, there's this teaching like from an indigenous tribe in Australia, I think, and it's this energy of Aini and it's really like teaching you how especially nature, like nature can be our greatest teacher in this space. It's like, I breathe in the air and I release the air to support you. And I walk on your land and you hold my feet beneath me. And all of this, like every single day we are supported and we are being served and we are serving and yet we can forget And actually, if we come back to that core teaching of nature and our connection with nature, like we need nature just as much as nature needs us to survive. Mm -hmm. And if we're in right relationship with the earth, we get to be in right relationship with our service again, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's fulfilling. As you're saying, it's like life force energy, it's life giving and that's that's been such a powerful teaching for me to really like anchor into especially this year Mm -hmm, definitely and I firmly believe that 
as the feminine that has awoken, I, I, I don't think she's awakening anymore. I think she's woken up, right? <laughs> she's starting to like yawn and, and open her arms and stretch and unfurl and touch all of our lives in really unique ways. This is the, the precipice of the foundation of what we have to learn, right? Is how to be in right relationship with the earth and how being in right relationship with the earth is the foundation of all prosperity of all abundance and all all the joy and the pleasure that we get to live with right she's she's touching all of our lives in very unique ways like everybody who's listening to this i'm sure can feel the way that the goddess is touching them and asking them to deepen and you know the goddess there isn't there is an ascension to the goddess right and in the feminine way but the feminine symbol has always been the lower triangle. The feminine has always been a path of descension and going down into the earth, going into that black, rich, fertile soil of nothingness and where you're surrounded by nothing, you know, you're surrounded by the unknown and learning how to create with that and learning how to listen to life, to that, those fertile soils of the unknown. What once what wants to birth through me? What, what is for me in this time? Right. And when we're actually listening who everything begins to, to unfurl, right. We can viscerally feel how those steps upon the earth are actually packing the soil, you know, of the seeds of the grasses and the flowers that are to come in the future. Right. It's through that dissension process that we can actually create that int intimacy and the goddess, she needs that. She wants that for whatever, you know, birthing that this new world is emerging, you know, in 100, 200, 300, 400 years, whatever we're bringing forward as this feminine is awakening and, and rooting into our systems. We have to basically learn how to befriend the unknown and to, to alchemize our nervous systems to no longer be afraid. Because when we're afraid, that's when like the darkness or the um i don't even like using the, the darkness like the ickiness can continue to manifest but if we are able to hold a frequency of unconditional love in the darkest times of our life oh like that's the goddess that's the womb that's the mother the mother can look at the you know the worst parts of humanity and be able to actually hold that preciousness no matter what's happening. So beautiful. I've literally got like shivers and like tears in my eyes just from that. Cause it's, <laughs> oh, it's just, it so deeply resonates and it's just <laughs> such deep truth that's within us all. Um, and we've really got to be willing to journey to those depths to activate those inner layers and Yes, seeing that womb space as fertile soil rather than scary unknown. Yeah. And that's been so key in just seeing again how disconnected we originally have been from our bodies and how actually like connecting to our bodies, if we begin with our womb space, especially, it's a portal for our own expansion and actually coming into coming into ourselves, coming into our truth finding our voices again and being able to hold ourselves in that alchemization process. Um, mm -hmm. I was literally in a process this morning 
And it's so interesting being able to hold the two dualities because I was in a process this morning of an embodiment practice and I was feeling deep fear in my system around something that was coming through in the next few weeks. And I fell into that fear and moved through this kind of practice of release. And then on the very edge of that, it actually began to open up even more space within me to feel that pleasure and that expansion. And it was I, I then began to laugh because it was like this beautiful opening and realizing that we get to play in these two realms. We get to play with the duality that's within us. And if we're really willing to go to those depths of the darkness, we get to create that space for the light, the play, the pleasure. And therefore, the next time fear comes around, we don't have to be scared of it because we know that we have the power to hold ourselves in it. And actually it's just teaching us where we're not yet free and we get to free ourselves within that practice. Mm. I love it. Yeah. I mean the body, but especially the womb as an organ for women, it has, it holds the blueprint, you know, every time we're going to bleed, you know, we face the unknown. We don't know what the experience is going to be like. We don't know how much blood we're going to release. We don't know, um, how intense the cramps are going to be. We don't know if we're going to need to sleep all day or if we need to be active. There's so much to face in, the, in that cycle. And then once we go into it, we go down that road and we let ourselves bleed and have that experience. On the other side, whoo, the peaks happen, you know? Like we go into ovulation and it's just the womb literally holds the blueprint for us to viscerally practice every moon cycle how to deepen our relationship with the unknown, how to love it and how to let it carry us and let it serve us. Right. Like when we're bleeding, it's not our body attacking us. It's our womb literally serving our life life from the depth of our being by letting us release, by letting us cleanse, by letting us deepen intimacy with our human body, letting us ground down into the earth. Right. It's the womb holds the, it's such a blessing to be a woman. Mm-hmm. yeah it really is it really is um and as well something that's really beautiful as we've been speaking and like the relationship with nature really coming through mm-hmm. and just from like witnessing again this journey of your crumbling and really creating space for the unknown and beginning to relate to it in a different way it's really beautiful to see how the earth has held you in that moment you know you're now stewarding the land that you've now bought you've manifested that into your life and what a beautiful blessing to have such a deep connection to the earth while other things feel you know other things around you were were really shifting and letting go it's like that really beautiful anchoring Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it required it required me to surrender in a way I've never been asked to surrender before. Um, I remember, I mean, there was a huge unknown with even like buying the land and buying the house and how it was all going to happen. I actually went to Egypt to make offerings to the different temples to call in the land and to call in the temple space. Cause we want to build a sanctuary here um, where women can come together and practice and do the deep womb work. And so I went to the temples, made the offerings, and then, you know, came home, was like trying to figure it all out. And I was like, I don't know how to figure this all out. Like, kind of like let it go. And then 
everything had to crumble to bring me to a space to actually have the capacity, not only to receive it, but to hold it, right? Like we need spaciousness. We need to allow ourselves to empty so that we can fill up again. And I think that's a, a potent teaching um, for all women to, to really befriend because there can be this, um, this thing in, in, in this world where we feel like we always have to overflow and that that's abundance is being in the overflow. But what I found is that that's the easiest way to burn ourselves out. The easiest way to feel like we're over serving and under receiving, right? So the more that we can actually let ourselves empty, just letting ourselves empty, even if it's just like in a meditation practice in the morning, letting yourself empty, letting all the stories, letting it all just empty out. And then that way you can be filled up again and serve from that space. This land it needed that for me. So before I even knew how it was going to happen, I had to like go through this whole crumbling space so that I could actually hold it. Right. I had to empty everything. Um, but I remember once we bought the house and the land and it happened, I, I had, I like was coming in to, to start the little renovations in the home and, and really get the lay of the land and figure out what needed to happen first. And we started working on things and it was, it was so intense. It was, there's, that was a huge rite of passage, you know, and especially with the water, we're on well water. And so there was so much to learn about that. And there was uh, a few issues with um, the water tank and the water filtration system that we had to get figured out. And I remember having this experience, like being in complete burnout with work. Like I, I didn't want to be online. I didn't want to be communicating. I didn't want to be doing all this stuff in the house. And I remember I went out to the land one day after working on um, the cabinets and, and doing some, some work, I went out to the land and I had 20 minutes to, before I had to lead a, a big group call and I'm out there and I'm just like fucking exhausted, like so done. And I, and I prayed to the land. I was like, what do I do? Like, please show me the way, like, let me empty into you. I'm, I'm down to empty into you, but like, how, how do I get through this? And the only thing I heard was to just let go. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I was in such a, a space emotionally and in my nervous system that I was like, okay, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can feel it in my nervous system. I want to hibernate. I'm going to do it. So I got up and I grounded myself and centered myself, went and led that call. And the next day I let, you know, everybody know I'm going into a season of hibernation deleted all of my social media thing apps off my phone, my marketing apps off my phone and my computers and just let everything shut down. And I kid you not, after I did that, the very next day, all the issues and the problems and the blockages I was experiencing with the house were fixed. Everything, <laughs> we got all the answers we needed, you know, the right people showed up to help us and the right contractors everything started, you know, unfolding super smoothly and comfortably because I had the space to genuinely hold it, you know, and it, it, it's still to this day, it like drops my draw and like humbles me and like brings tears to my eyes because it was so visceral. It was like literally 
nervous system overload to then letting all of the things go that were intensifying my nervous system and like being real, like having to, to let go of my money, right? I just bought this house. I just bought this land. I need to fund things and letting go of my income streams for the next couple of months. Like it was so challenging. It was so like that piece was like what, what I was grasping onto. But as soon as I loosened that grip, everything came into, into place, you know, and now here I am two to three months in and I understand that this is a luxury, right. And everything looks different for everybody, but two to three months in, I can't imagine it happening any other way. I've had the spaciousness to come into relationship with this house, to come in relationship with this land, to actually be able to hold the visions of what, what the land wants to be built, right. What the land wants to receive from us. And now I'm slowly getting that pulse of life where I'm like, okay, cool. I can start coming into my community again. I can start weaving the new vision of, you know, what does sustainability look like so that I can still hold this land and everything we're building here. And I can hold my business. It's a whole reorienting, reorienting of my life that's happened. And it's so funny. Um, the, we, we live in a, a village called Bear Creek you know, and my house is shaped like a den, like it's, it's a roundhouse. So it's, you know, arced. And I remember like just being in my like cozy hibernation, like right around the winter solstice, just like, Hey, this is so cozy. And I was like, Oh my God, of course I needed to hibernate. I moved into Bear Creek and I live in this little den. Like, yes, 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 yes. I hear you mother. I'm so here for this. So, you know, I hope that just by sharing my story, I can this story that's I'm sure like is just wild for some people and deeply um, heart opening for others. I just hope that it invites everyone to, to really feel safe in listening because it can be really scary to listen, you know, and I honor that. I honor, I honor the, how scary it can be to let go. But when we do who new worlds of abundance open up and life has provided for me. I've still, had little opportunities to show up to to be in service and it feels like really good you know so it's it's been a beautiful path <laughs> yeah beautiful and I love that as well it's like yeah just trusting the spaciousness trusting it and trusting cool to let go and that is huge mm-hmm. it really is because especially if you have you know the business around you already it's it's really it's huge to be letting go of that and listening, trusting the listening. It, you know, the mind can't comprehend these kind of things and will try and keep us kind of pushing into something that's not in alignment. And actually what would happen there, we, we would burn out and we wouldn't even be serving anyway. It wouldn't even be in alignment for the people that we're holding space for because we're not there fully. And yet it's terrifying to say, I'm just holding up my hands and trusting that this is actually going to provide even more prosperity and abundance that I could ever have imagined. Mm -hmm. 100%, 100%, you know, and that's evolution, you know, that's, that's how we evolve. That's how we birth new paradigms is by being the ones to take those steps to listen and to, to pave a new pathway, you know, and the human spirit's ability to persevere is revolutionary. Like 
I know that I, you know, there's, I know that I could have kept going and that I could kept kind of serving others and I could have persevered through that. Right. But it wasn't serving me. Right. Like there's so there's millions of people out there who are working in jobs that don't serve them and they continue to do it and they can persevere through and they may be disembodied, but you know, we can do that. And that's just not, it's not true for me. I can't work in that way. You know, I, and that's, that's a huge ability because there are people out there who, you know, have, you know, even in my burnout times, they're receiving life-changing healings and, you know, we, we have conversations and consultations that change their life and it's beautiful and I am of service to them, but if it's not serving me, that's, that's when we, we get to really be our, our first beloved. That's when we get to be our first love is by saying, okay, me first, then the world, me first, then the world, you know, we could persevere and keep serving others and not serving ourselves, but life is a lot more fun and luxurious and beautiful when we serve ourselves first. (laughs) Yes. It's like, choose what you want. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly it. It's, It's remembering that we're here to experience the fullness rather than you know certain pieces that we've just been taught uh what we're here to do um yeah so so powerful oh I feel like this is just such a beautiful like landing space to kind of anchor in our conversation and something as well that I ask everyone so as you know the podcast is called soul opulence and so just feeling into this I would love to know what soul opulence feels like and means for you oh it's such like a gorgeous energy you know to to tap into the soul opulence and I actually I keep this little card on my desk that one of my friends wrote her name's um, Luna Love and I recommend anybody who loves poetry and is infatuated with the muse to go and, you know, check out her work. Her Instagram is Luna Love Leadership. And there's actually this poem that she wrote that as soon as you said soul opulence, like these words just, like they came to me. So I'd love to read them. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. There has never been a time when I have not belonged. I am the sweet spirit of life dripping with the divine nectar of existence. I dance with the wild beauty of the unknown. As I am led into my rightful place, humbly, receiving all the magnificence this holy life death offers me, I do what is right, not because it's easy, but because I can. I sit on my throne and welcome all onto my lap of love as I overflow into reciprocal relation with all that I have been given. My presence is an expression of God and form, moving through me, within me, as me. I embrace the opportunity of this moment to rise higher into the embodiment of my most aligned self. I am initiated. It is so, it is so, it is so. And that is so opulence to me. Yes. (laughs) Oh, thank you, sister, for sharing that. And thank you, Luna Love. I love 
her medicine has just like organically flowed into this space so beautiful and I know obviously you're off social media for now but is there any kind of spaces where people can find you connect to you or is you know perhaps this is still just the season of quiet and spaciousness Mm -hmm. thank you so much you know um the best place to connect with me is on my newsletter I love writing love notes to my community so if you go to my website tarninicole.com you can easily sign up for my newsletter there and there's you know thousands of posts and free resources on my Instagram so it very much still is a beautiful place to get to know me and of course I'll be back eventually whenever you know that land calls me again I'll be back out there and so that is at Tarani Nicole and you can easily find my newsletter and you know self-paced courses and all those kinds of things through my Instagram um you know but what's really emerging I'll just kind of drop little breadcrumbs here is a new body of work And this new body of work is going to be a sacred feminine mystery school devoted to the womb and very much all the topics that we explored, you know, today um, has been forged into this mystery school of the feminine and really learning, you know, teaching us to beloved the unknown and that how the womb holds that blueprint. And so this will be called the vessel and it's going to be a sacred feminine mystery school And so whenever you're listening to this, you know, you can always go and find that um, on Instagram. It's going to be thevessel.her. And then we're going to launch the mystery school most likely in spring sometime when life feels alive again. So that's the best way to connect with what we're bringing forward into the future. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know so many people want to drop into that space. Wow. Mm-hmm. It feels so expensive to be coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, gorgeous one. I've just loved today. And thank you so much for being here with me and sharing your story and your medicine. It's an honor. I, I love it. It's so it's such good medicine to share our stories. So thank you for the opportunity and I love what you're doing. Keep, keep working your magic in the world. It's needed. My love, it's been so beautiful journeying with you today and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If this conversation resonated with you, then I invite you to leave us a beautiful review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get this podcast out into the world and to spread the medicine and magic it is here to create. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am sending you so much love and I can't wait to tune back in with you for the next episode coming soon.